Section 10 of Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Andrea Weinman. Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2, by Father Louis D. Segur. What have I done that God should send me so much suffering? This is the first thought that arises in the minds of many when grief and suffering come. Instead of asking God for strength to bear their troubles, they begin murmuring against him. Men of little faith, we might say to them, even as our Lord Jesus Christ said to his doubting disciples, men of little faith who understand not the secrets of God. When he visits you with suffering, never ask him, let me warn you, such a question as this. What have I done that I should suffer so much? Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, God might silence you by unfolding before your terrified eyes the long and shameful series of your sins, which nothing but your religious indifference could hide from your sight. These sins, so heavy and so multiplied, have a thousand times merited hell with its eternal pains, and yet you dare to complain of the punishment, comparatively so slight, which the justice of God inflicts upon you. And God might always answer by showing you the terrible flames of purgatory. What are the sufferings of the present life when compared with the fearful expiation which awaits us beyond the tomb? Are you so pure that you can face it without trembling? Are you so blind that you cannot perceive that great suffering and long-suffering awaits you in purgatory as the penance of your faults? Then is it not entirely for your good that you should suffer in this life? The flames of purgatory are the same as those of hell, the only difference is that they are not eternal. Who can dwell in a devouring fire? And is it not a great blessing to be able to avoid it greatly, if not wholly, by Christian penance, and by suffering meekly accepted? Lastly, God could always answer by pointing out to you heaven, the crib, and the cross. The journey of life is a fleeting probation. Jesus Christ, the word made flesh for your salvation, gave you first the example of patience, so that by a holy use of suffering you might sanctify your soul, and thus accumulate an eternal weight of glory. Eternity, eternity, keep it ever before your eyes, but most especially when tried and tempted. Poverty and its privations, sickness with its constant anguish, even imprisonment with its long and wearisome hours, the loss of those we love, yea, all the manifold trials of life, are instantly transfigured when the light of eternity rests on them. When you suffer, go to Jesus Christ. He is the divine consoler. Come to me, he says to those with sorrow. Come to me, all you that labor and are burdened, and I will refresh you. Take up my yoke upon you, and learn of me, because I am meek and humble of heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. Amen, amen, I say to you, that you shall lament and weep, but the world shall rejoice, and you shall be made sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But when she hath brought forth the child, she remembereth no more the anguish, for joy that a man is born into the world. 
So also you now indeed have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man shall take from you. Oh, how well they understood these great truths, those saints who supported not only with patience, but with acts of thanksgiving, with rapture and joy, those moral and physical trials which Providence sent them, what solid happiness and what wonderful merits they drew from the trials we receive with such affliction. Thus we see a St. Ludovine, fastened to a bed of pain for more than forty consecutive years, preserving such a perfect serenity that it might have been thought she suffered nothing. Thus St. Louis, King of France, said when speaking of his captivity in Egypt where he had endured much from the Saracens, I rejoice and I render more thanks to God for the patience which he grants me in my captivity than as if I had conquered the whole world. St. Elizabeth, Duchess of Thuringia, driven out of her estates with her four little children, forsaken by everyone and reduced to beggary, went to a convent of Franciscans to whom she had been formerly a great benefactress, and caused a tedium to be sung as an act of thanksgiving to God for having granted her the precious favor of suffering for his love. St. Joseph of Calasanza, celebrated in Italy, said that work and trouble count for nothing when we have paradise in view, and he loved to repeat the words of the Apostle St. Paul, The sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with the glory to come that shall be revealed in us. Courage, therefore, whatever we may be, whether sinful or just, let us understand the adorable mystery of suffering. It is the visitation of God. It is the most precious, the most desirable gift of his mercy. The benefit that I expect is so great, said St. Francis, that it renders all my suffering sweet. Whoever desires to gain heaven must prepare themselves to suffer. God found nothing more excellent to bestow upon his only son Jesus, upon Mary, his spouse, his mother, his chosen and well-beloved creature, upon his saints, upon all his faithful children. If you suffer with Jesus Christ, you shall be glorified with him. It is by the cross we gain the crown. End of section 10